Empire versus Yuzen Vong. Let's see. A Cadley, X you wing okay? is worth two TIE fighters. A Coral Skipper is worth about two X wings. So that would mean that a Coral Skipper is worth four TIE fighters. But Why are your eyes glazed? The zombie episode was last week. Empire has the numbers in order to handle the Yuzen Vong. Then the capital ships are roughly on par. They have equal firepower and equal viability to get past defenses. What are you talking about? Then you get the <laughs> Do Rick Vong Pratt. What? What? Comics are weird, and it's almost impossible to figure out where to start. That's why we're here to explain what happens and why the writers made those decisions. I'm Garrett, the What Clinkerman, and I'll be explaining what happens in each comic on recover, what works, and what doesn't. I'm Cadley the Y Harmon, and I'll be breaking down why the writers made certain decisions, why each comic matters, and the impact each comic made. Together, we are What and Why Comics. Welcome back to episode 7 of What and Why Comics. Today, we are talking about the Star Wars Invasion comics. So let's get down to the brief summary because there is a lot to unpack. The two main characters of this series are called Finn and Faye. And to clarify, this is not the Finn from the newer Star Wars trilogy. This is a completely different character. It was just a coincidence that both characters were named Finn. So both Finn and Faye are royalty on their planet, but they're planet kind of goes under an invasion from an alien species called the Yuzen Vong. Finn and Faye are kind of separated. Faye is with their stepmother, Nina, while Finn is with their father. And while the invasion is going on, they're kind of fighting, kind of protect their planet. All hope is kind of lost. And then Luke Skywalker shows up with a couple of, I don't think they're rubbers at this point, right? They're in the New Republic. With New Republic soldiers and Finn is force sensitive. So he takes him, training to become a Jedi to save his planet and stop the the Yuzen Vong. While this is happening, Faye and Nina are captured and Faye kind of kills a Yuzen Vong warrior and this kind of strikes interest in some of the Yuzen Vong because a weaker being who they thought was weak killed one of the strong warriors. So they kind of have a little appreciation towards her and that kind of gives her trust with it. And they're on the ship. Faye is kind of to have the commander of the ship she's on to trust her so she can eventually get the prisoners in the ship to take over the ship so they can be free. While this is happening, Finn is you know, doing his Jedi training and one thing I love about this is there's a panel where his first force training is to lift up a rock. It's like a small rock and he does so and he goes to Luke is like, Master Luke, look, I lifted this rock and Luke was like, oh good. Picks up a chunk of like a giant mountain, sets down. Now pick up this rock instead and just walks away and Finn's like, huh? Which kind of makes sense because if you think about it, in Luke's training, he picked up a rock and then the next thing he has to pick up with the force is his X-Wing which is like a giant ship in the middle of a swamp. So while this is happening, Faye is kind of building trust with Yuzen Vong prisoners a little bit. Faye meets a prisoner named Bello, who is like this person that the Yuzen Vong captured a long time ago. And she promised to set him free whenever she released all the prisoners. And he has like a personal vendetta against the commander. He was like, I'll join you if you let me be the one to kill the commander first. Yeah. And it's also interesting because after that, he kind of wears the uh, Yuzen Vong commander's skull as a hat, yeah. which is honestly a lot more intense than I was expecting the comic to get into. So yeah, they kill all the Yuzen Vongs who are on the ship and they try to take over the ship. But it's at this point that Nina has kind of, she was kind of unconscious for most of this, but when she fully awakens, she is like the only one to control the ship that she's on for some reason. And that will be explained later in the plot. So, you know, they take over the ship and they decide to use this ship to kind of take out some other Yuzen Vong ships. So while this is also happening, back to Finn, he's doing his Jedi training, he meets Han 
Leia, Han and Leia's three kids, and eventually they go to a planet called Narshadar, I think. Yes, Narshadar. That so the Huts are originally from the planet Nalhada, but they also kind of took over that section of space, and Narshadar is basically the Hut syndicate. So they go to this planet because they were told that a smuggler has information on the Yuzen Bong that they could really need. Finn, Han, and Leia's three kids kind of go over there in the Millennium Falcon, and it's at this point, and I noticed in the story that Chewie has was killed by the Yuzen Bong, and of course, this affected Han greatly because he's like his best friend in the entire universe. So he kind of secludes himself for everyone. He doesn't even communicate with his children, pretty much. So Yeah, there's an interesting there with the original series that the Yuzen Vong showed up from the New Jedi Order series. And by the way, spoilers for the New Jedi Order series, which is actually older than both of us here. Chewbacca died in the first book, and the series wasn't afraid to kill off major characters. It was a major tonal shift from everything that Star Wars had been before. And so an interesting thing is then they actually did give Han Solo this depression arc where he blamed his youngest child, Anakin Solo, for the death of Chewbacca. And in this comic, Han Solo is still in the middle of that grieving period. So they kind of find the smuggler who has the information. And while this is happening, kind of Finn runs into a strange man who kind of knows his name, who's holding on to a Jedi holocron. And they go back to, I think it was like Yavin 4. That's where they all were training by Luke. So they go back and they try to get the Jedi holocron to work, but it doesn't work until Luke realizes it only works whenever Finn is in the room. Luke took Finn off planet to another battle point where the Yuzen Vongs had. And it was at this point where another Jedi Master was killed by a Yuzen Vong general. And at this point in Finn's training, he kind of was filled with anger because he wanted to kill all of them. And Luke was like, that's not the Jedi way. You can't strike with anger. So after he witnessed one of his masters being killed by this general, he takes up his lightsaber and he's about to strike down on the commander, but instead he lets him live. And this commander kind of sees that as a form of, almost like a form of shame, I would say, because since the Yuzen Vong are kind of like, only the strong can survive. It was a major point of confusion because everything in Yuzen Vong culture goes against showing mercy. In fact, their one kind of point of contention in the books is that the closest word Yuzen Vong have to the word surrender or negotiate is to just roll over and let the winner do whatever they want to you. And so the fact that Finn showed him mercy was, one, something that a Yuzen Vong doesn't do to something that is so outside of Yuzen Vong culture that it doesn't make sense. And three, he learned what mercy was. And so he needed to go and learn more about what this aspect of this heretic culture could be. Which makes this commander kind of want to hunt Finn down pretty much throughout the series. And after they got the holocron, he learned that one, that his dad was still alive, but also one of the men named Dulek was a type of Yuzen Vong that could change their appearances to kind of look like a human in disguise. They had to find his dad first to kind of stop Dulek from killing him. So the Yuzen Vong have this organism called an Ooglith Masker. It's basically a creature that a 
allow them to disguise themselves as other species, other castes within their culture, basically anything they needed to be. And they go out to try to find Finn's dad, trying to save them. And then back with Faye and Nina, they go to, I wouldn't say it's the main base of operation for the Yuzen Bongs, but it's more of kind of a big outpost for them, technically. So they go to this plan trying to stop this outpost from destroying the rest or taking over the rest of the galaxy. And at the point where they're almost losing, until a major twist happens in the stories, it turns out that Nina is a Yuzen Bong that has the ability to kind of change her appearance. So that's why she's been able to control the ship well, because she's also a Yuzen Bong. But she's a Yuzen Bong who kind of strides away from the way they do things, and she kind of wants to stop them. So, and when she gets on the ship, she obliterates the entire base. It also happens that the commander that Finn spared is also on this planet as well, just so he can fight Faith. But while this big battle is happening, Finn and Leia's two eldest children, I forgot their names. Han and Leia had twins named Jason and Jaina yeah. Solo. So Finn, Jason, and Jano, they found Finn's dad and they almost saved him from Dulek, but Dulek kind of threw this like poison at his father's face that kind of was like just burning his face and he was eventually going to die. Like, I mean, he was on his deathbed and he kind of recorded a message, tell his last and final words. And when he died, his daughter sensed it, even though she wasn't in the same place as him. And I will say the poison that killed him was called a Plarin Bowl. Everything about the user and Vong is alive and also just metal because a Plarin Bowl is an, another organism that some high-ranking Yuzen Vong will actually take their own eye out and then put the Plarin Bowl in and it's a last-ditch effort thing that they can use that squirts this poison with no cure that just instant kills anyone. While Finn kind of learns his dad is dead, he learns through the holocron that the stranger he met was a man named Dre, who I wouldn't say is like a Jedi, but he's also Force-sensitive because it's explained later on. So he kind of goes on his own to find Dre, and of course, Faye and Nina kind of go their way, and they run into, at this point, the Empire is still happening, but it's more like of scavengers who, like, are trying to rebuild. It's called the Imperial Remnant, and at this point, they have a peace treaty with the New Republic. Public. They don't get along at all, but they at least tolerate each other's existence. Faye and Nina kind of meet with these Imperials, and Nina kind of goes on his own because she meets with like some high commanding officers, and she goes full use and bunks and kills all of them. And Faye kind of she finds out that. Nina is a Yuzen Bong. At first, she doesn't trust her, but kind of the thought in her head, like, I know I said stepmother, but like, she knew her since birth. So she thought of her as her own mother. And so she kind of let her explain what was happening. And so Nina kind of reverts back into a human disguise. And when other Imperials come in, they say that Yuzen Bongs betrayed you because at this point they had an alliance with the Yuzen Bong. So they tricked the Imperials that the Yuzen Bong killed them. And so they kind of joined the side on fighting them. So an interesting thing with Yuzen Bong's strategy was to start from outside and work their way in. But they also sent in spies to infiltrate basically everywhere using their Uglith maskers. And one thing that the Yuzen Vong relied on was exactly how disorganized the New Republic was and how core-centric their politics were. So while the Yuzen Vong are invading, and once it actually turns into a proper invasion, the Coruscant and New Republic government just kind of refused to acknowledge
acknowledge it as an invasion and treat it as just some weird outer rim skirmishes going on. Speaking of spies and Coruscant, that's what Dre informed Finn because Dre has like the ability to like force sense the future and he like saw a vision of him and Finn winning this battle and he informs Finn that there's a spy in the court in Coruscant that works with the Yuuzhan Vong. So of course Finn and Dre go to Coruscant, a bunch of stuff happens and Finn eventually finds the spy and is about to kill him and then it's kind of revealed that Dre, he's not a Jedi, but like, I wouldn't say he's also a Sith, because the first thing you see, he ignites a red saber, and he tries to make him join the dark side by striking the spy in anger. But of course, that fails, and a big fight between him and Finn happens, and of course, Finn's escape, but Dre tells him that he will look for him and try to convince him. And then while this is happening, Nina and Faye are fighting the Yuuzhan Vong at this point, and almost, at this point, they won the battle, and Nina, to get everyone to join them, she reveals she's using Bong and she forms the Outer Rim Alliance and that's pretty much how the series ends. Now, after I got all of that brief out of the way, I would say the one thing I liked about it is that I actually got attached to these characters more than I did with Invasion, probably because this was like an after like Luke and Leia. I kind of got connected to these characters who had like a connection between some of the older characters that I knew. But the one thing I would say I didn't like is just that to me, I felt like it was like rushed a little bit more. I felt like there could have been some times, maybe there was some comics that showed in between the time span of the issues I had been reading, but I just felt like it was kind of rushed. And I will say... My, I got into the Invasion comics because I just loved the Yuuzhan Vong as villains. So I read all 19 books in the New Jedi Order series. It's a very mixed bag. Like some of the books like Traitor are some of the best books I ever read. And then some of them like Star by Star or the Force Heretic trilogy that's within the series are the absolute worst. And so that gives you a lot more of the context. But I do agree that the comics did feel a bit rushed and I don't know. I really didn't like the Dre plotline. And so if you're thinking of getting into these invasion comics, I will warn you, it ends on a cliffhanger that just doesn't get resolved. And I actually had to look this up because it was annoying. So if you look up the wiki for Star Wars Legacy, it mentions how the original Legacy run ended. They were going to start a new Legacy run, which they did kind of get started on. And so to celebrate a major like anniversary or something, Dark Horse Comics decided to end all of their projects and kind of do a soft reboot, almost like the new 52. But the problem is they did this in 2012 and then Disney bought Star Wars in 2012. And so then they had to axe all of their projects anyway. So in a way, Star Wars Invasion got double axed, which is really annoying. So now I guess we're into historical context stuff. Yep. Okay, so normally, again, I would go into historical context and a little bit on tropes, but this time, because the Yuuzhan Vong, I need to talk a little bit of more for a moment. So the Yuuzhan Vong initially turned up in the New Jedi Order series, and they were done to shake things up. Uh, one of the most prevalent villains from the New Jedi Order series was a Yuuzhan Vong named Nam Anor. And the reason why they chose to use Nam Anor was he had actually originally appeared in a comic run called The Crimson Empire, Volume 2, Council of Blood. This comic had already set up Nominor as an extra-galactic spy, but you didn't really know what he was, and the comics weren't able to do what they wanted with it. So the people who wrote the New Jedi Order series went, oh, this guy exists, we can use him. So they did, and that was 
how they kicked off the Yuzhenvong invasion. The Yuzhenvong actually took Coruscant, so they technically won, and then the series went on for 19 books, and so eventually the New Republic was able to win. But the Yuzhenvong also just kind of show up at random points throughout the Legends continuity, so if you play the first Knights of the Old Republic game, you can get in a conversation with a Mandalorian named Candris Ordo, who's talking about the Mandalorian Wars, and he'll tell you about a fight that he had with the mysterious invader that is designed to sound like a Yuzhen Vong. I think that the Yuzhen Vong fought Darth Maul at one point for some reason. Going back to Star Wars Legacy, which is after the New Jedi Order series ended, Darth Krayt's origin is tied to the Yuzhen Vong, and also the Yuzhen Vong actually did come back after the New Jedi Order series ended in order to make reparations for all of the damage they caused. The Yuzhen Vong do have some non-canon appearances, so if you're really interested in how their ships work and what they look like, there's an old video game called Empire at War that you can get on Steam, and the community has made mods for the expanded universe, including a mod for the Yuzhen Vong, so then you can control the Yuzhen Vong ships, units, and it gives you a better visualization for how this works. And then the old Star Wars Battlefront 2 video game from 2005 has also been modded in order to make you able to play as Yuzhen Vong. I have seen that mod on YouTube before, so I know what you're talking about. The Yuzhen Vong have even been adapted into tabletop games. Star Wars Miniatures by Wizards of the Coast had several expansions where you could find the Vong in a booster pack, and Wizards of the Coast even made a New Jedi Order sourcebook for their tabletop RPG that I'll link in the description below. And a chapter from the Essential Guide to Warfare also covers the Yuzhen Vong War. And one thing I love about the Yuzhen Vong is that all of their technology is organic in nature. And the Yuzhen Vong were my first introduction into a kind of a genre, but it's more of an aesthetic called biopunk. So you have cyberpunk, which is like all futuristic and everything's high tech, and you have plot lines about corporations taking over everything. You have steampunk, which is basically the same thing except everything's Victorian era and steam powered and made out of bronze. And then you have biopunk, where everything is alive. And the weird thing is biopunk is really hard to come by. <laughs> Two of the best examples, and it feels so weird using these as examples, are the Buzz Lightyear cartoon from the early 2000s. Oh, I remember that cartoon. Because there's two episodes, one in which you're introduced to a planet where everyone uses biotechnology and they have a security system that's all organic and everyone just kind of shrugs it off and thinks they're crazy until the bad guys show up and then it actually works. And then there's an episode with a robot... Okay, I sound nuts, and I knew I was going to sound nuts the entire episode, but a robot vampire named N4A2. It does sound like a Disney cartoon, so... Yeah, so N4A2 takes over, I think it was a restaurant where everything was automated. So then the guys from this planet give them vegegenetic technology or something like that. Anyway, basically it's their exact same costumes except it's made out of plants. And it was so weird, but it's a really good example of biopunk. And then you get another weird instance. The G.I. Joe 1987 movie. So the G.I. Joe original animated series is kind of iconic, but they made a movie on it. And in the movie, they added a new 
faction of villains who created Cobra. And they were called the Cobra Law. And again, all of the technology stuff they used was organic. And you find out that Cobra Commander was originally a Cobra Law. The movie's wild. If you get the chance to watch it, you definitely should. I think we're going to put the link in the description. And I watch it because it's the closest thing I'm going to get to see the Yuzen Vong on the big screen. A more sane example of biopunk would be Scott Westerfield's Leviathan trilogy and art book. It's set in World War I, but the Allies use biopunk and the Axis use steampunk. And so now on to actual historical context. The Yuzen Vong were always a little bit religious extremist, worshipped pain, had that whole thing going for them. But again, these books started in 1999 and went until like 2003 or 2005. And a little event that we already talked about happened called 9-11. And 9-11 didn't just change how America and the world viewed safety, it also changed media. If you look at Halo, Halo was made in November of 2001, and the main villains were The Covenant, a group of alien religious extremists. Frank Miller became obsessed with 9-11 and actually went on to write a comic called Holy Terror. Frank Miller has actually looked back and went, yeah, no, I went a little bit overboard here. He kind of regrets writing it now. Yeah, and honestly, if I remember right, it did kind of kill his career. So it exists. It's an interesting piece of history. Maybe don't read this one. <laughs> and the New Jedi Order also kind of hopped on this train because the Yuuzhan Vong started out as... Yes, they were religious extremists, but they worshiped pain and they were just so alien. But then about two or three books into the series, they took a hard shift where they really leaned into the Yuuzhan Vong being religious extremists and how the main flaw in the Yuuzhan Vong culture is their religious extremism to the point that one of the ways that the new Jedi Order ends is the Jedi are able to de-radicalize the Yuuzhan Vong to make them more willing to compromise and more willing to accept other cultures, which is a whole lot nicer than <laughs> other stories go. It is still something worth considering in just noting that political and historical influence. Yeah. And I think that's about all the time for today, so... Join us next time for Dragon Ball Z, baby. Let's go. On what? And why? Comics. Comics.